I know the medicine which you suggested, but it pains me as I don't want to be operated. I know that I must get the association of that type of people. But I know if I associate with that type of people, that will disturb my sense gratification. So it's so deeply rooted in my heart for time, for a long time. So I like to talk like this, but when it comes for practical application, I really don't want to associate. So how to develop that desire to associate? First, you have to want to develop that desire. If you do not want something, then Krishna will not interfere. If the doctor gives you the perfect medicine and you're not willing to take it, then you will die or you will go on with your disease. The association of devotees, sadhu sangam, transforms our aspirations in life. But we have to open our heart to be transformed. Krishna will not interfere, so we have to want it. And eventually you will. It's just a matter of how many births and deaths you have to be dragged through the hot coals of material miseries before you finally come to the conclusion, I've had enough. Prabhupada said, first class intelligence is to learn by hearing. Second class intelligence is to hear, but because of our attachments, we can't really execute those instructions. But we get kicked, and we get smashed, and we get crushed, and we get drowned, and we get burnt by material existence. And ultimately we say, yes, these instructions are very important, I have to do it. That's called second-class intelligence. And third-class is even after going through all that, we're still so attached that we won't give it up. So if one is not willing to utilize that determination that's actually within our hearts for devotional service, then we have to continue birth after birth after birth. And material nature will ultimately teach you. Material nature will never show you the way back to Godhead, but material nature will ultimately frustrate you to the point that you're willing to turn to Krishna and chant his holy names and say, Maya is preaching to us at every minute about what she's really trying to do, but we don't hear. People are dying of diseases at any age. In Satya Yuga, people would live long, long lives and then ultimately die of old age. But in Kali Yuga, at any age, even babies are getting terminal diseases. People 20 years old are dying of heart attacks, cancer. You don't know what's in your body at the present moment. Even the best doctor in the world may not be able to detect it. There may be seeds of some terminal disease growing in you right now, and there's nothing you can do about it. It happens every day. 
And then we go to hospitals. According to American statistic, in the United States of America, which is supposed to have very nice hospitals, an average over the last few years are 98,000 people die due to mistakes in the hospital every year in America. Not that they die, but they die due to blatant gross mistakes. 98,000 a year. And these are sometimes top, top doctors. One of the topmost heart surgeons in the entire planet. He was one of the founders of open heart surgery. He was one of the men who actually really developed it. You have to pay a fortune to have a surgery from this person. But yet he made a serious mistake and someone died and now he's being sued for everything and more than he's ever had. And yet we have so much faith. But there's danger at every step. Padam, padam, yad vipadam, natesham. What to speak of earthquakes, cyclones, just ordinary accidents on the road. What to speak of war. So there is danger at every step. And of course, like the ostrich, we want to keep our head in the sand and think everything is very nice. And we don't like to hear pessimistic talk about death and danger. We like to think about the good things in life. But really, what is the good things in life? When there is impending danger at every moment, what's really good in this world? And time. Right now, some of you are looking at this clock on the wall and looking at the second hand, thinking that soon Prasad will come. <laughs> However, there's another way of looking at the second hand. That with every second, your life is that much closer to death. It's a fact. The seconds add up. And soon our hairs turn gray, or it just might just fall right out. Our nice, youthful skin is becoming wrinkled and crinkled and dry. The organs of our body just aren't working properly anymore. What to speak of the limbs? Old age. It's a miserable situation. And somehow or other, if by some inconceivable means, you don't die young, of earthquakes, bombs, accidents, or disease, then old age is right around the corner. It's a fact. There's millions of old people suffering in this world with nothing, nothing to show really for their lives. Nothing they could take with them. So with this information, an intelligent person becomes very serious and determined on the path of devotion. Why should I waste my time pursuing those things which give no nourishment or satisfaction at all to my soul? Let me strive for real wealth, spiritual wealth, and share that with my loved ones and family members. Give them something real. We shouldn't die and leave behind for our descendants all the bondage 
that we wasted our life to achieve should give them liberation, inspiration, through our example. If you really want to show love for your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, then exemplify the principle of detachment from sense gratification and attachment to the loving service of the Lord. That example will affect their heart. That is real wealth. Then you have given them an internal inheritance. Don't just leave them some money or some place to stay. They'll probably end up fighting over it anyway. They'll probably end up becoming enemies over what you leave them. If you have something, then you can leave it. But if you really want to give them some real wealth, inspire them by your example and determination in surrendering to Krishna and chanting his holy names. Does that answer your question? You were listening to Radhanath Swami on devotionalnectar.com.